For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is New Bedford's news talk station. The place where the South Coast comes to talk about all the hottest issues locally and beyond. This is WBSM. Call in to have your voice heard at 508-996-0500. Open the WBSM app and hit app chat to text us. Or open line to leave us a voicemail. Let's hear it, South Coast. And welcome back in, hour number two of the program. We've got Jack Spillane is jumped in here. He's uh, he's going to be producing the next still, hour. Still on his training wheels a little bit. Getting ready for the uh, for Friday morning. So oh, waking up early isn't a problem for you. You're 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 an early riser anyway. I am. I have. I'm I'm up at five almost every morning. So you're getting up for this won't be a big deal. <laughs> Not a problem. Although I will say, you know, I spent many many years. Uh, getting up and cooking, and I had trouble, and I was miserable. Getting up to do this, a lot smoother. So when I first got into this business, they had the old split shifts. That The papers were um, afternoon papers. Mm-hmm. And so you came in in the morning, and you wrote from 6 to 10, and then you went home and tried to sleep. And then you came back in the evenings for the night meetings and worked from 6 to 10 again. I would have quit. There was a lot of alcoholism in the in the industry in those days. That's, that's a horrible, <laughs> horrible schedule. All right, 508-996-0500. Go ahead if you want to put that on the air. Uh, good morning. You're on WBSM. Good morning, Tim. It's been a minute since I talked to you. Yeah, how are you? Good. And good morning, Jack. Good morning. So um, I wanted to talk about the submersive. Sure. If that's, okay, good. Um so it was weighing on my mind so heavy that, um, like what you said, why are they visiting them? It's a grave site. It's like, to me, I'm thinking just why, you know? And um, and at the same time, it's like you've got the videos. Isn't that enough for the human eye? Yeah. You know? I, I can kind of understand wanting to go down because, first of all, so few people have been down there. I mean, I guess, you know, they had 22 paying customers last year, so there's been more people down there. But still, it is something that is very mm-hmm. unique. I think a lot of times people who do these things do it just because they can and because they have because, the money to right. do it. Right. Yeah. And so when I went to sleep last night, I had a dream of the, the um, longitude and um the other thing there, and I kept seeing it, and I kept, and so I, somehow I had this phone number, and I called him. I said, "Don't give up. You're only an hour away from them. Don't don't go the other way." And and then I jumped that they were rescued. Well, so that's how much that was weighing on my mind. Hopefully and then that dream comes true. I, I I know, really. Godspeed to them. And then the other conspiracy side of me is like, well, well, not conspiracy, the you know crazy side. I was thinking, geez, I hope one of them didn't have a fantasy of dying down there and just decided this he was going to take everybody out to make, you know what I mean? I, I just, my mind went to that creepy place. Well, I mean, the, good, the good thing is I, I can't imagine that they don't, I mean, unless it was the pilot, the pilot is the person who is in control of everything. So I, I can't imagine that they would they would be in a situation like that. I don't know. I don't know. And maybe this is a great test, too, if, um, for them to find them. 
maybe we just don't know that it could just be a test to see, to prove to people that you can go down there, you will be found. I know the Navy's getting involved. They know how to go down and get, you know, big pieces of wreckage from a plane. So I'm sure, and um, yeah, so I'm thinking I'm sure they'll they'll know how to retrieve them once they find them. Sure. I want to go back to something that you said before, because I talked a little bit about this in the first hour, but, you know, you mentioned that this is a grave site. And that being said, do you do you feel like it's disrespectful to go down there I and have do. these visits? Yeah, I do. I do. I mean, I know we people go to grave, um, you know, graveyards to visit their loved ones, but um, to me, this is like gawking. Yeah. I, I, I just, I mean, to me, it's just, it's just like why. <laughs> well, how would you think people would feel if I stood outside the cemetery and started charging people fifteen hundred dollars to come in and and look around the cemetery? Right? Yeah. No. It, no. Just it, it. It feels weird. It feels icky. Yeah. If if it, it was, you know, I'm yeah. I'm, and I don't know about the company. You know, as far as I know, they could be making donations to the survivors of, you know, the family, the families of the people who were on, on the Titanic. Because not only did they leave family behind, some people survived, and yeah. and came back, and and so um, maybe they are doing that. Maybe they're making donations to the Titanic Museum. I don't know, but yeah, it, that, it just I, seems tacky. Right, for sure. You know that money's going towards um, oceanography um, projects and stuff. And also, I was thinking, I'm assuming, that if there is anybody third generation-wise that's, you know, somehow maintaining some kind of um, m- communication with them and retrieve, um, receiving money, I, my mind went there, too. Yeah, but I, th- I just think this one, it's just, it's just too... It's, it's just too creepy. It's like if you went to the moon to see where people died on the moon. I mean, wouldn't that be the same thing? If, if you know, God forbid that should ever happen. But, you know, we're just going to so many different boundaries anymore now. And, and you know, I had a similar situation pop up yesterday. I shared a post, I guess, on Father's Day. The Lizzie Borden House in Fall River put out a post that said, you know, hope you have a better Father's Day than Andrew Borden had. And they had oh. a picture of him with some blood splatter on the picture, and I just I felt like that was hugely disrespectful. That's yeah, wow, Jeez, that's creepy. So speaking, I wanted to also uh, tell you about a black bear in Phoenix, Arizona. I don't know if you heard this. This fifty-six year old man was just sitting in his front yard in a chair. The bear came out of the woods. He didn't even hear him, and the bear grabbed him and, and uh, dragged him into the woods and killed him. And um, they found the bear and killed the bear. And and I think there might have been another attack from another bear. So I'm thinking, geez, the, maybe the bear had rabies from something because, like, they're supposed to be the most harmless. But I just want to let everybody out there know, yeah, be be vigilant. Yeah, you know? I mean, if, as long as you avoid them, they should avoid you. That, that That's a very much an outlier for bear behavior. Maybe it was the cocaine yeah. bear. <laughs> oh, that's a good. That's another thing. You're so funny in the morning. Oh, I'll get you a certificate if you want. You make these great little jokes. No, that wasn't a I actually made a real certificate for people that think that they know more than the biologists and the zoologists. <laughs> I actually made that because I was tired of seeing everybody, you know, act like they knew everything. When like they knew everything. Yeah, oh, hmm. you're right. You could use that for a bunch of different people. Oh, yeah. Well, I kept the template. So we can change it to, you know, if we ever need, you know, Facebook virologists, oh. Facebook lawyers, we can we can always change it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for the call. All right, you two have a great day. You as well. Bye-bye. Uh, let's go back to the phones, 508-996-0500. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Morning, Tim. I'm going to tell people how to spend their money. Um, people who blow all that money 
on space travel, undersea travel. Wouldn't the money be better spent on funding the college fund or on like scholarships or uh, supplying the food pantry? I would think so, but also, and I'm sure the people who are spending this kind of money to go also, you know, give money to charitable endeavors as well. But I think for them, this is, you know, I think this is a personal thing for them, whether it be uh, something that they want to do to prove to themselves that they can do it, because it's not a physically easy task to go to the bottom of the ocean. Um, you have to, you know, you, you have to prepare for that. It, it, it's not just like getting on an airplane when it comes to the kind of depressurization that happens. So the other thing, too, is maybe they're overcoming a fear. Um, maybe they've had a lifelong fascination with marine biology or you know maybe they are marine biologists themselves and just you know they they don't work on this project but they still want to be able to experience it so there's a lot of reasons why i would see people would want to do it but i think that being um, a very practical person other than what you said about learning or maybe doing research i think that the money would be better spent but that's my value system so they could channel the money to me and i would decide where it goes well, just don't. Are you gonna? You're not gonna skim off the top, are you? No, not at all. Okay, I'm good. An honest person. <laughs> all right. Thank you so Bye. much. You have a good day. You too. You can just head off. You don't. You don't have to worry about press. It's always just gonna turn off whatever is the live call. All righty. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. If you want to call in and chime in, or you can send an app chat message. Uh, we got a, a message from SJC in New Bedford. This is Bold Point is closed this year because they're expanding to about fifty five hundred seats, and we'll get acts similar to Bank of Boston Pavilion when it opens. Uh, there was a story in the Providence Journal last fall. Yeah, we had a story as well. Um, we just didn't have in the story an expected end date of that information, and in the comments that are in the video there, they didn't have an ex- expectation of that. But what I mean, what a huge thing that would be if it was on par with some of those other facilities because the they get pretty decent acts there already but to, if they can get some what i like to call not the greatest hits tour circuit so you have the people that go out every summer the bands that go out every summer and they play all their greatest hits and people want to go out and just to party i think if you have the people that are actually out there actively promoting new music and things like that you'll get you'll get um a pretty significant impact on the uh, on the area. Mm-hmm. So the, the the greatest hits tour is great. It brings people in. They go to restaurants. You know, they'll go to the bars. But I think also having um, you know newer acts and and some of the bigger acts will certainly expand uh, the clientele that are coming in. I'm I'm a fan of live music anywhere, and I've never been to Bold Point Park to see a show. Just the few times that other that I've tried to go because there's somebody that I wanted to see. I had something else I had to do. Like this Saturday, not this Saturday, but uh, July 1st, you know, I'm torn between two different shows that I want to go see. So it's like, ah, why do these both have to be happening on the same day? And then there's another one I would see on Sunday. And it's like, and first of all, I can't afford all these tickets. Although the things that I'm looking at are like 40 bucks a ticket. So that's that's a little bit more manageable. At my age, I'm definitely on the greatest hits uh, tour. <laughs> but but you don't like so that's the thing. Like they, I'm I'm happy to go see a band you know one time. I don't need to go see them every summer when they come around. But there are people who are that's what they do. They just like okay, it's Jimmy Buffett weekend. Let's go to all three shows, and they go see all three shows. Or you know, Dave Matthews Band is another one that has a following like that where people want to go to all the shows. Uh, Pearl Jam 
is another one. People try to go to all the shows because they play a different set list every night. And to me, it's like, okay, I've I've seen Aerosmith. Do I need to go see Aerosmith in their final show? Not really, because I've already seen them, and I really enjoyed what I saw, and I'd like to keep it that way. Yeah. I do, I do think you get, at a certain age, you get set in your ways, like out with rap. I have to make an effort to listen to rap, mm-hmm. because it's just not my thing. I didn't grow up with it. But um, I do think when you make the effort, you get rewarded, because a lot of the new music is good. But... Um, I think at a certain age, like, you, you just know it. <laughs> yeah, well, like, I don't really listen to a lot of new music, but I went to Boston Calling, and I brought my friend because her favorite band is a group called Bleachers. And I knew about them a little bit because I knew the, the guy that, that's in, that runs the band. And I was, you know, I was like, okay, I'll go. Like, I want to go with you to see them, but I don't really know anything. And then I left that show as a, as a big fan. So their stuff is really, really good. And I mean, they've been around for like 10 years. It just shows you how behind I am. <laughs> but I mean, I'm saying this too about like, you don't need to go see the same band over and over again. I'm also the same guy that's seen you two 10 times live in concert. Really? So wow. yeah, including one time being lucky enough to get front row. I was, uh, they, they had this tour where they had a heart in front of the stage and the heart was kind of like a general admission, you know, area that when you, if you had floor seats, when you walk through, if your ticket beeped, they would let you go into the heart. And I was so convinced I was going to get into the heart because I'm such a huge fan. I was like, oh, yeah, no, if I bought, I bought floor seats and I'm like, I'm going to get into the heart. I'm going to get into the heart. And the floor seats were like 50 bucks. They were cheaper than getting regular seats, but they just would sell out faster. So I just happened to get two for myself and, and my friend. And when we go to walk in, I go and they scan my ticket and it doesn't beep. So I was like, all right, well, that's fine. We're still on the floor. It's still kind of cool. And then his ticket beeped. And we just uh, looked at each other, and the person scanning the ticket said, well, if you're together, you, you both get to go. So we went in, and at that point, we were so early, like nobody had gotten into the heart yet. There was maybe like 20, 30 people in there. So we went, and we got right down front. And when the show started, Bono comes out and reaches down and gives me a fist bump. No kidding. And that was in 2005, and I haven't washed my left hand since. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what did he seem like up close and personal? Short. Short. Yeah. yeah, he is. He's short. He wears big lifts on his boots okay. in concert. But um, it was really, it was just such a great experience being down that close. And at one point, they were playing a song from their first album called Electrico, which is, it's a deep cut for the common people. But, you know, for the fans, it's a pretty popular song. And he actually looks down at my buddy, Pat, during the song. And he looks at him and he holds out the microphone. He's like, sing, like trying to get him because he's like standing there. And Pat looks up at Bono and says, I don't know the words. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. When oh, Bono boy. tells you to sing, you just start moving your mouth. You don't, it doesn't matter if you know the words or not. All right. Why don't we take our first break of the hour? 508-996-0500. If you want to call in and chime in, you can also send us an app chat message on the WBSM app. You can also send us an open line voicemail on the WBSM app. But right now we're going to take a break and be back in a few moments. <laughs> Welcome back in. Great job there, Jack. See, I knew you could. I knew you'd be able to play some music there. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Little Donny Iris. 
Alia. Who I have no idea who he is, but oh, that's okay. Great, great artist. He was in a couple of bands. He was in um he was in uh Wild Cherry, right? Is that the one play that funky music? He was in that oh, band. Oh, okay. And he was in another one too. I can't remember the other one that he Oh, he was in the Jaggers. You know uh-huh. that song The Rapper? It was I like the first song that kind of introduced the idea of rap to people. I don't know that one, but I do, I do know Play That Funky Music, which I liked a lot. I I think he may have joined the band after Play That Funky Music. Okay. I think he was on the Jaggers when they he was with the Jaggers when they did the rapper, but I think he joined Wild Cherry after Play. Imagine that. Imagine joining a band after their biggest hit. From, from the album cover, he only looks about uh, thirty years younger than me. <laughs> to me, it looks like they were positioning him to be like the next Buddy Holly. Oh, yeah. You know, he has that look to him. He's got the glasses, the guitar. So, I don't know. That's the only song that I know by Donnie Iris, like, as a solo artist, but it's a great song. That's all it takes is one great hit. I wish. I mean, that's one more than I've had. So, I think, too, uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to go to the newsroom in just a few moments. When we come back from the news, uh, you know, speaking of having Jack Spillane here, I want to talk about a report that Colin Hogan has in the New Bedford Light, which... I had no idea this was even a thing, that they had these COVID-era temporary teaching licenses for to be able to, to have enough teachers to get through the changes in, in uh, education, and that now there's about 100 teachers, or actually 180 non-renewals of those licenses in New Bedford. Some of them are going to be trying to come back, but some of them aren't. Some of them don't even know that they have to do this. And it sounds like from reading this article, like the process is a little bit screwy. So, I mean, Jack, I'm sure you've, you've read the article. So I, I actually haven't read it yet, but I talked to Colin about it um, ahead of time. And uh, it, it's a process that they have. Um, little known fact is that everybody uh, has to be renewed every year. All the teachers, okay. they, they have to uh, be renewed. But this is a special renewal that um, Colin found out about that acts for the COVID era teachers. And the process is different. And now they are stuck with maybe not having enough teachers coming back. It's a real problem. Well, they're already looking to fill a lot of jobs anyway. So if they lose some of these teachers, it'll be even worse. Exactly. Across the um, city, uh, police, we've we've all read about. And virtually every job after COVID is hard to fill. Why that is, I don't know, because the benefits have ended. But they're still having trouble filling jobs. I think think part of it is, and I talked about this when, when it happened, is that people were in a career before and they realized that they didn't want to be in that career anymore. Exactly. You know, so it's not that these people aren't working. They're just now in a different industry. They're in a different job. The, the other thing, a lot of people like myself realize that they like working from home and mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just as easy. Everything is there. And why come into the office if you don't have to? And I think a lot of businesses are having a hard time getting people back into the office. Before the pandemic... I was an Uber driver and for some extra money and they were constantly trying to get me to come and do extra work and getting me to do Uber Eats and there was all kinds of, you know, all these rideshare programs and all these delivery programs. They were all like reaching out. They wanted people really bad. Now there's no jobs to be found. They have, they're oversaturated with people. And I think it's because people who left a lot of those regular nine to five jobs said, I'm going to go do this gig economy stuff and see how that works. And it's working out for them. So yeah. why it's not? Whole, why go back to work for somebody else when you can be your own boss? I think it's a whole new economy. I don't think things will ever be quite the same again. 
well, I'm going to keep this job at least until they tell me I don't have it anymore. <laughs> and so uh, as part of that, we're going to go into the newsroom now with Adam Bass. At least six people have been shot following a Juneteenth celebration in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Police said Monday's incident may have stemmed from a fight between multiple females. There are four female victims and two male victims, with their ages ranging from 14 to 19 years old. Authorities confirm there are no fatalities. A preliminary investigation suggests that one of the victims may have been a shooter, but police are now seeking for more unknown suspects. Police are investigating another anti-Semitic flyer that was found in a neighborhood in Southern California. This Redondo Beach resident has this message for whomever is responsible. Grow up. (laughs) Get a life. You know, find peace and be happy. On Monday morning, Redondo Beach police received a report of a bag with white rocks and a flyer referencing an anti-Semitic website. Neighborhood Watch officials say 20 people had flyers left at their homes. Redondo Beach and other cities in Orange County, California, have seen similar hateful messages in recent months. But it is unclear who is doing it and if all the incidents are connected. Pope Francis met with President Biden's climate envoy, John Kerry, at the Vatican on Monday. Kerry told reporters that he found the pontiff to be in great spirits and in great form. Kerry was the first official to have a private audience with the Pope since his recent discharge from the hospital. The list of intended recipients of suspicious white powdered letters is growing beyond those in Kansas. Authorities, including the FBI, have been investigating as roughly as 100 letters have been sent to Kansas state officials since late last week. Similar letters containing a cryptic note and a suspicious powdery substance were also addressed to high-profile figures such as former President Donald Trump and Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. Tropical Storm Brett has formed over the Central Atlantic Ocean. The National Hurricane Center said on Monday that the storm packing winds of about 40 miles per hour is moving west and will likely become a hurricane on Wednesday. It is expected to strengthen over the next few days, but it's too early to tell whether it will impact the U.S. Places like Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands should be clo- should closely monitor updates to the forecast and have their hurricane plan in place, according to forecasters. A San Diego mom has been arrested after her two kids were killed running onto a California highway. Police say the kids were chasing a suitcase that flew off their car when they were struck by a car going at full speed. The driver of the car hasn't been charged since, but the mom was arrested for a DUI and child endangerment. Crews are battling a 200-acre wildfire in a South Jersey state forest. Sarah Lee Kessler reports. It's called the Acorn Hill Wildfire and is in the Brendan T. Byrne State Forest in Burlington County. It's threatening campground structures, so the New Jersey State Forest Fire Service is using a backfiring operation to burn fuel ahead of the fire. They're trying to change the direction of the flames. The fire near Cooper's Road is said to be 60% contained now. Crews have been fighting wildfires across the state over the past few months due to dry conditions. Sarah Lee Kessler, NBC News Radio, New Jersey. The winning team in a North Carolina fishing tournament will have to forfeit their prize money because judges say the massive blue marlin they caught was mutilated. Officials for the 65th annual Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament announced Sunday they were disqualifying more than a 600-pound fish caught by the boat Sensation because it was mutilated, most likely by a shark. 
Carolina Coast Online reports the decision means the team will lose up to $3.5 million in prize money. First place now goes to a team that reeled in a Marlin that was 135 pounds lighter. In sports, the Red Sox are set to play against the Minnesota Twins tonight in Minneapolis. First pitch at 7.40 p.m. The game comes off the heels of a 9-3 win for the Red Sox against the Twins. And now here's your ABC6 weather forecast. Expect partly cloudy skies with those increasing clouds throughout the day and a chance of an afternoon spot shower. We'll reach a high of 67 degrees. Overnight tonight, a little cooler, 49. And for tomorrow, a little bit drier and better weather ahead. Partly cloudy skies, high of 69. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Skylar Spindler on New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420 WBSM. It is currently 56 degrees right now in New Bedford. I'm Adam Bass, WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's News Talk Station, 1420. WBSM and get breaking news alerts and podcasts with the WBSM app. Get breaking news alerts, stream audio, send us text messages, and get live traffic and weather updates all on the WBSM app. Download it now from your app store or at WBSM.com. And let's go back to the phones 508 996 You can keep that up, Jack. You don't want to pot that down. And now let's go back to the phones. Good morning. You're on WBSM. Hello. Hi, you're on the air. All right, once, twice, you can just drop them off, just hit off. There you go. You'll have to call back if you want to call in and get involved in the discussion. Uh, again, 508-996-0500 or hit us up on App Chat on the WBSM app. So talking about this this report about the teachers, Jack, so even if half come back, let's assume how many do we assume have no idea about this because there's people quoted in the article as saying like there's been no communication from the school district about having or from the state about them having to renew this yeah i'm I'm not sure colin has been working on this story for a couple of weeks so um i don't know what the bureaucratic uh hang-up is because they realize they have the problem so it it, it would seem like it's just but whether it's at the state level um so the city can't really do anything about it and they're waiting for the the alert from the state. I'm, I'm not sure what the um, hang-up is. But, I, I mean, there's a deadline here of June 15th, which has already passed. So I don't know, can that be extended? Uh, we'll have to find out about that. But this, it sounds like it was just a ball drop kind of all the way around. It's a ball drop on the part of the, the teachers who had this license that didn't know that they were supposed to get it renewed. But really a ball drop on... I guess the school administration and the state for not letting them know that. So this, this kind of bureaucracy is, is what I think leads people to believe there's a deep state, you know, because the bureaucracy, even at the state government level, is so big nowadays. And even when you identify a problem, getting it fixed requires the pass off of so many levels of bureaucrats that it's hard to fix quickly. So I think that's one of the things about government that frustrates people, even progressive people like myself. They get frustrated because we know what the problem is. We're just waiting for someone to say it's okay to fix it. And an interesting part of this, too, is that some of the teachers who got these emergency licenses um, through this this COVID-era distinction, they don't have the money to now go through and get the licensing in the proper way that it's it's apparently costs hundreds of dollars and they just can't afford to go through that process another aspect of your your friendly neighborhood government i'm sounding like a conservative well 
I mean, what do you do in this situation, though? You can't say to these teachers, well, we're going to give you a, a waiver on the fee because there's other people who are coming out of school now that are trying to become teachers and get licensed that are pay- paying that fee. They may have to, though. I mean, I mean because if, if, the fact is that people can't afford to, to pay it and they need to have these people back by September. Um, I mean, it, it is not fair. You're right. But, but sometimes... In order to solve a problem, you have to do something that's not fair. Or or maybe give them an extension of how long they would have to pay that. Let no, them that, take the test and, you know, you get two years to pay it back or something. The um, But the bottom line is, yeah, they're already worried about if they'll have enough teachers for the next school year. And now this is just going to compound that problem. So I, I guess if you are listening to the sound of our voices and you are somebody who is you know, looking to get into the teaching profession. You just graduated and now you're ready to try to go. New Bedford is probably a great option for you because they have jobs available. Yeah. I actually have teaching credentials, although the long expired when I got out of undergraduate school. I got the teaching credentials and enjoyed it quite a bit. But um, uh, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I'll, I'll tell you that. I thought I was going to be a teacher uh, when I first went to college. Uh, you know, all of my dreams of... Um, Working in the radio business, I was like, oh, it's not, not, not going to work for me. It's not because it it uh, didn't seem like it was the path was, I, was there at that I time. I felt the same way about newspapers. I, I was not sure I could get there. Like, it just there was such a it, it, the business was wide open, but it was so much like there were there were a lot of like you had to know somebody kind of situation. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to crack through all that. So uh, let me get a regular, it's like normal job that it can be a career and then I can pursue what I want to do on, on the outside. So I went to college thinking I was going to be a teacher and I was dating my wife at the time and she was going to school to be a journalist. And halfway through, we switched. She decided to go to school to become a teacher and she she was briefly, but she had a different take on it. She didn't want to just be a regular classroom teacher. So especially in the era of MCAS, she felt like it was too limiting and she couldn't be the teacher that we had growing up. So she went into working with first special needs kids. Um, and then she went to work at a school in Lakeville where they have like troubled young women. And so she worked there. And then I kind of made her quit that job because she was pregnant. And one of the girls pushed her down. And I was like, no, 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 it's too dangerous. But then, you know, I, of course, I'm going there to try to be a teacher because I think I don't ever want to leave school because it's all that I knew. And so I start studying that. And halfway through, I got the chance to write the wrestling column for the paper. And then next thing you know, I'm doing more work for the paper. And I was like, this is kind of, I like I like this. I think I want to do this for a living. And the, the rest is history. Yeah. John Colby knew talent when he saw it. Yeah. And it, I remember, the, I, I'm, I don't know if I've told you this story before. I think I've told it on the air. But the wrestling column used to run from somebody else that they got syndicated. And they would just write in there on, on a Friday, Alex Marvez did not write a column this week. And I would get upset and I'd be like, come on, that's the only reason I'm reading the paper. So I wrote an email to Buddy Thomas saying, I would write this column for you and I would do it for free. And I never heard back. And I was heartbroken that I didn't even at least get a thanks, kid, but no thanks. And then Steve DaCosta became the sports editor and I sent him an email and he's like, yeah, yeah, we'd love to give you a shot. And so I, it, I found out years later when I was working in, in, in the Standard Times in the building on the sports desk at night and I was telling this story to Comey and I said, you know, I just, I was so upset that, that Buddy Thomas just didn't even give me the, the courtesy of an email back saying thanks, but no thanks. And everybody just started laughing. And I was like, why? What's so funny? And they're like, Buddy doesn't know how to check his email. 
That <laughs> <laughs> sounds exactly like Buddy. Buddy Thomas is an American original, probably one of the, the greatest sports writers the South Coast has ever known, certainly, um, and a, a very, very nice guy. But uh, technology was not Buddy's thing, that's for sure. <laughs> we eventually taught him how to use his email, but it took a little while. But it's just so funny that you're like, I was so upset about that, and it was just because he he never even saw it. So uh, let's take a quick call. We can take a call here before okay. we take a break. Uh, good morning. You were on WBSM. Uh, good morning, Tim. Um, my name is Simone Bourgeois, and I'm the administrator of C-Lab, New Bedford Public Schools. And just a little bit of information with regards to the Titanic. Mm-hmm. Um, the gentleman who is the top- topographer, the person who did the route, is a gentleman by the name of Dave Ballow, and he does live in, Mass- in um, basically Mattapoisett. And he's very conducive to speaking to the general offices and for uh, information inquiry. He's been to C-Lab several times as our open house speaker and so forth. And uh, Bob Ballard, of course, was the navigator. And he has also been to New Bedford at C-Lab several times. But their journey was to find the route of particular substance. Uh, submarine and they had been hired by the federal government for about three weeks and they finished um, the work for the federal government and uh, had a week left and so Dave Ballard, Dave Gallo and Bob Ballard decided that the best way to find the Titanic was basically uh, to follow the cookie crumbs so they did they followed the debris and that's how they found it and they left a plaque on the floor of the ocean in, you know, in memoriam of the people that died. They never took one thing out of the wreck. Um, and they treated it as a, you know, as a cemetery. And um, I, I, I think that's what you stated this morning was very important because it is a, a place where people lost their lives. And um, I just, I feel very poorly about now about the people that are trying to visit it and gain some information and cannot be found. But I, I just thought if it was something you really wanted, you know, you were quite interested in, the gentleman to call is David Gallo. And um, if you don't have the phone number, uh, you can call me at C-Lab and I can give it to you. I absolutely will. All right. That's a good thing. Thank, Thank you, you so much. You're welcome. You have a good day. You too. Thank you. And uh, why don't we take our next break? 508-996-0500. We'll be back in a few moments. Oh, press it again. Press it again. Press the big button again. And welcome back in. 508-996-0500 if you want to take part in the discussion. But I just want to let everybody know, one of our favorite restaurants here at WBSM is Alianza. They are just a great place. So great, authentic Portuguese food, but also all kinds of great dishes with a twist. Like, for example, tropical rum chicken and shrimp. That's on special tomorrow. Uh, they have quail on special on Thursday. Of course, Friday is always the octopus. You know, these are just some of the upcoming meals that you'll be able to get at Alianza. 
Now, keep in mind that they are closed today. It's Tuesday, so they're closed on Tuesdays. But they've got so many great things for you to check out. They have their lunch specials where you can get the $6 sandwiches with fries. I mean, where, where can you get a $6 sandwich and fries for lunch anywhere? You can't even get a value meal at a drive through for 6 bucks. But they do that for you at Alianza. But I just want to also let you know that coming up, they will be closed on Saturday, 624, and they will reopen on Wednesday, 628. They're taking a little bit of a vacation, a little bit of a break for the staff. So if you want to get into Alianza this week, you got to get in before Saturday. Saturday they'll be closed, and they'll be closed Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. So if you want to get yourself a great Alianza meal, you just got to get in there by Friday. So I recommend, actually, any of those things sound great. Tropical rum, chicken, and shrimp. That sounds delicious. But, of course, quail. Quail is so good. If you you like chicken, try quail. It's, like, so much more flavorful. And then on Friday, they have some of the best octopus around. Those are just some of their specials. They've got great things on the menu. So check them out, Alianza. You can also go to their website as well, and you can find out more about some of the great meals that they have. Again, they're going to be closed. From Saturday through next, uh, and they'll reopen next Wednesday. But find out everything you need to know at AlianzaRestaurant.com. Is, right. is it Alianza or Alianca? I, I, Alianza. I, I was used to calling it Alianca, but I, I guess it I was doing it wrong. Has the little, um, I don't know what they oh. call it in Portuguese, right? But the, the squiggle. Exante goo. I know, yeah, I know the French. <laughs> Exante goo is the one that goes out, or, or that goes this way, and then the other one is accent grave. Yeah, accente grave. So. But, yeah, I don't know what it's called in, in Portuguese, but it has a little squiggle under the sea. Uh, let's go to the phones, 508-996-0500. You're next on WBSM. Good morning. How are you? Very good. How are you? Doing all right. What's on your mind? Yeah, well, I'm I'm very sorry for the, that group of people down in the ocean over there. You try to do something nice like that, and then you risk your life. Now, did I hear they said it was like 96 hours of oxygen or 92 I think I think it was ninety two hours. I think is what I heard. Is time is time running? Do they have much time left? Uh, well, this was on Sunday that they lost track of them, I believe. So we've got a couple of days still. So in order, if they could save them, they would have to pull the whole thing up, right? They just can't open up. They can't step out or anything. They'd have to drag it all up, right? Well, that's what I found interesting because they said that they they have a, another rescue vessel they can send down, and I was like, but if they do that, how do they get them out of the old one um, yeah, and, and into the new one? I'm well, not sure. They just you know drag it all the way up and take it ashore or something. I think that would be more likely, yeah, that it would be because it might have an issue with the propulsion system. They'd have to send something down that could that could tow it up. But you also you can't move quickly from. You know the depths of the ocean up to the top because of the yeah. pressure, and also these things, you know, can only pull so much so fast. But I know, oh. I know when they went down in Alvin, it took what was it? I think it was like fourteen hours or something to go down in the Alvin sub. But that was in nineteen eighty six, eighty five, eighty six. So I'm, so I'm sure sorry. it's different now. So sorry. I have a collection of books that I, I had a big thing about uh, shipwrecks and stuff, and I've got a, a collection of books uh, that I wouldn't even have them signed by the author. I was so interested in that about these fishing vessels that go down and everything. Mm-hmm. So I, I I read I used to read that so much. Now I have a collection of books, and I I hope I hope they come out of this. I I'm watching it closely. I hope you announce it right away. 
we have the we have it on on the TV. So if uh, if anything breaks, and uh, and of course I'll get an alert on my phone and all that kind of stuff. So if we get any updates, we'll we'll certainly pass. I them mean, on. can you imagine? I mean, how would you feel if you were? I'd, I'd be panicking. So I mean, I'm a woman anyway. We're gonna panic. Men might not panic right away. <laughs> You know. Oh, I think I think if you're floating toward the bottom of the ocean, you'll 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 probably panic no matter what. I'm so sorry, Father. So sorry. I hope it's good news. I'm praying every minute. Have a good day. You as well. Take care. Thank you. Oh, and uh, we are going to take our final break of the hour, and we'll be back in just a few moments. All right, we are just about done with this hour. Thanks to Jack for coming in and producing and getting ready for Friday. Great fun. I feel like I have a personal trainer. Every time I'm going to fill in. <laughs> and you, you feel like you're ready for Friday. I hope all the listeners are ready to call in and yeah. no, I, join I, in the discussion with you. I enjoy the WBSM listen, listeners. I enjoy talking, and um, we get some good discussion going. And uh, you know what? You, you know what? If you, if you fail to connect and get a lot of calls on Friday, you feel like you're just not getting – start talking about pickleball. Because I know, I know you like it. And I know a lot of our listeners play it. All right. So I don't know anything about it. I like pickleball. I like tennis even more. Uh, but I play both, a lot of both of them. So I, w- I went over to the pickleball court over here the other day. I, I had to go talk to the guy uh, for a couple minutes. And I was watching them actually play. And I was like, oh, I might be able to play this. Oh, pickleball, you definitely could play. Like yeah. the, the, the racket's pretty big. Is it called the racket? Yeah. The racket. Paddle. Paddle. The, okay. The paddle's pretty big. So it's a lot harder for me to whiff. And also, I, they weren't really moving around a whole bunch. Quite as small. So I... Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.